1: That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. Hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'd like to take a moment to congratulate my co-host and producing partner, Christopher Rice. He's got not one, but four new books coming out in 2022.
0: Christopher Rice, and I'm Eric Shaw-Quinn. and you're listening to TDPS presents Christopher and Eric. Welcome back to the podcast, Eric Shaw-Quinn. How are you
1: feeling? Well, today? it's lovely to be here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> eh, eh.
0: You're here, and you kind of chat my ass. Eh. So.
1: <laughs> no, that's not really it. I just, yeah, I feel all right.
0: Do you want to talk about why you're feeling the way that you feel?
1: Well, you know, I could always use a nap.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't complain about a nap. Would you like to take a nap right now?
1: Where I while well, I do this. Yeah, you just do the podcast I'll and do I'll the just true sleep. Crime. I'll <laughs> just sleep through it. You put me to sleep anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll read the notes. I'll just read my notes. Really? And this
1: is such a reverse is true. Christopher could fall asleep on oh my the rack. God. Oh my God. Oh my God.
0: Anywhere. Anywhere. But anywhere I'm still. I'm gonna fall asleep right now. Yeah, if he still. slows
1: down, he goes to sleep. It's I'm, like a shark. I'm like a shark he stops moving, he loses consciousness. I'm like a shark or everyone's dad. We once had a fight over the end of an episode of The Closer (laughs) because Christopher fell asleep and slept through it and didn't remember- And I was too embarrassed to admit it. I was like- Didn't remember the ending. And
0: I accused you of not describing it properly. I was like, I don't feel, that's not what I remember. And I'm sitting there thinking, I remember blackness
1: and a weird dream with a snake. (laughs)
0: Like, I don't remember this episode at all. And the sense of people yelling in my house, far off. And at some
1: point in the conversation, that became clear. You fell asleep during this. You don't even know what the ending of this is. You're yelling at me.
0: (laughs) It was, yeah. So I fall asleep. I didn't fall asleep during this special that we're going to talk about today. Um, I like this series. I will say that. It's called The Crimes That Changed Us. It's an
1: interesting series. It was like, I was... Yeah, it is.
0: We've done an episode of this before.
1: What did we do with this Richard Jewell.
0: Oh, right. So clearly the people who came up with the title, The Crimes That Changed Us, are of my generation, because these are all crimes from the late 80s or the early 90s that the producers must have seen when they were young on television. Maybe so. Other offerings include the McMartin preschool scandal, which is something we've touched on but not covered on the podcast. Um, Richard Jewell, as I said, which we did. Uh, Andrea Yates, I think, is a, is an episode, the mother who murdered her children in the bathtub,
1: the, oh, the
0: nanny scandal, the nanny who shook the baby. Like, all of these are early to mid-90s crimes that were heavily, heavily covered in the media. And the one we're talking about today is the murder of Selena.
1: And then it's the focus of the way in which the crimes are covered. It's yes. really – it was – I was – kind of taken aback by that it was like oh wow
0: it, nobody is interviewed on camera you hear the audio of their interviews which were clearly conducted in the in the present everything you see is news footage which i that is my jam that right. I, I if everything could be like that i, I would I, I just feel like it takes you there it shows you what the environment was like what the mood was like um and the structure of this one was a was a bit weird because when it comes down to the crime, it's a horrible crime. the impact of the crime
1: it on seemed the, to be more about the changed us than the crime
0: yes, exactly
1: that to me was sort of that was how I felt overall about it. I mean we'll go back through it and and cover it for people and maybe we should
0: yeah, maybe we should just sort of get into it here and then I think we can talk. lean
1: into that and you guys will get the impression but it was a really it was a very it was an unexpected. I remember the Richard Jewell thing and I don't even remember it being this. It was. It structured was. in quite this way. It, where was. it was. I more commented about the, on it. Yeah, it was. More and about the change than this the This is the
0: second time we've done this as part of a pairing. So next week, if you didn't hear us talk about this previously, we're doing the Jennifer Lopez film uh, based on Selena's life. Right. Today we're doing this episode, which, was, which is focused largely on her terrible and tragic murder, uh, which happened in 1995. So we're going to talk about The difference between the two and all of that stuff, as we did with Richard Jewell and the Clint Eastwood movie, Richard Jewell, which happened on two previous episodes. Um, So um, helicopter shots, title cards. We're in Corpus Christi, Texas. It's March 31st, 1995. We hear the voice of Bernardo Torres, who is identified as a police sergeant for the Corpus Christi Police Department. Um, he's talking about how his day started. So we're immediately knowing that today is going to be an awful day in all the lives of the people that we are meeting in this way. Right. Uh, We hear from Maria Lopez Alvarez, who's an executive producer with Univision. We hear from Carlos Valdez, uh, who is the Nunes County DA, district attorney. They're talking about how it just seemed like it was going to be a normal day like any other, and then they all got a phone call. And the phone call was that a 911 call had been received from an employee at a Days Inn motel at 901 Navigation Boulevard uh, from the woman behind the desk claiming that a woman had run into the lobby saying that she had been shot. It turns out this woman is Selena, who in this moment is a huge star in the Latino community. She's getting ready to cross over into the English language music community. She's literally sort of standing at the precipice of this big step forward in her career. And someone has shot her at this motel, and she is running into the office for help. She collapses in the office, and witnesses say that a red truck is somehow involved in this shooting. And they sort of put that detail out there, um, and then they come back to it later. So Torres, Bernardo Torres, the uh, police sergeant... Begins to narrate for us. And now we're seeing news footage of the hotel and we're right. seeing news footage, I think, of a big crowd gathering around the hotel because word has gotten out in the neighborhood that Selena is in there and she's and hurt. And
1: it's, it's a neighborhood where Selena was a really big deal to the people who live there. It's where she's from. Right. Um, So she's a hometown hero, but it's also, she has become more than that for, oh, she's yeah. become a real hero for a lot of people.
0: Absolutely. Um. But before we get to her career, Torres tells us more about what greeted him on scene when he showed up. He walks into the lobby. He sees a female on the ground who's been badly injured, but she's being cared for by the medic, so he doesn't tend to her. He's a cop, and so his job is to assess the scene and find out what happens, uh, what happened here. He doesn't recognize her initially. He doesn't know that it's Selena. He goes into the parking lot in search of the suspect. The red truck that people have told him about begins coming. The
1: suspect, as it says here in my notes. (laughs) In my notes, the suspect. In search of the suspect. suspect. Let's be clear. (laughs) The
0: suspect. Excuse me. (laughs) Um, A red truck comes slowly around from the back of the building. There's a woman he describes as being of small stature driving the truck. He approaches the truck from behind and orders her to get out, and instead, she puts a gun to her own head. So now, as these specials often do, we cut away from the scene of the crime and the action to sort of dive back into the context of this story, and that is when we get to really meet Selena Quintanilla. She's one of the most important pop culture figures in Latin American history, as we're told. She was considered the Madonna of Mexican-American music, and she never forgot her roots. Which um,
1: Madonna clearly did many times, like <laughs> they were two, three inches long. They were <laughs> shocking her roots. So, yes. <laughs> she was you paying were, no attention to you, those roots. Did you
0: think of that one the minute you got the show notes last night? No, I just thought it? of that just You're now so when you said it. You're so quick. You're so quick. This is, yeah. Um, uh, Selena's father was a musician, and so she started singing at a young age. Their family had a band called Selena y Los Dinos. Um, the composition of the band didn't change over time, but the focus gradually became Selena because she was so clearly talented and such a powerhouse of a singer that they gave her a kind of top billing in the family band, which how that went with other members of the family, we don't really get an indication It didn't really ta- talk
1: about that here, but since none of them were being called suspects, we yeah. might as well be, we, we got the impression that it yeah. went okay. That right. They were cool with it as well wasn't a huge family anyway, so it, it wasn't a it lot It was, to... yeah, I'm trying to remember. And the other members of the family were in the band, so yeah. it wasn't like they weren't participating.
0: And it's important for me to remember, I'm such a camera hog and an attention hound, that not everybody wants to be the lead singer.
1: Everybody drink.
0: I know. You know, but like that, not everybody wants to be the lead singer. You you are so content to just fade into the background. I completely
1: don't understand why anybody would want any of the other parts. Like, yes, my most comfortable spot on the stage when I go to one of those... Touchy feely directors, and that's their. Well, I just want you to go where you feel the most comfortable on stage, downstage center in a strong light <laughs> is where I feel the most comfortable. Will that be okay? Can I just stand there and deliver my lines directly to the audience? Yes,
0: absolutely. And the answer is usually no. So, no. um, uh, Selena at the age of 22 wins a Grammy, and she is getting ready to expand into what the special calls yeah, the for an
1: for the album, for yeah, the whole for the album. album. It's, it's not a just like a huge deal, yeah.
0: And she is working at this time on her first English language album. Um, So from that bit of information, we go back to the days in parking lot where a standoff is developing around the red pickup truck. Uh, We're introduced to Larry Rucker Young, who's a hostage and crisis negotiator for Corpus Christi Police Department. SWAT team is called in and a lot. Of spectators are gathering, and Larry Young tells us he's not used to working on scenes with crowds quite this large. But again, as we said earlier, word is out that Selena is in trouble, and she's on the property and being tended
1: to by medics. And everybody is invested in the outcome.
0: Who is the woman in the red truck, you might ask? It is the president of Selena's fan club. Her name is Yolanda Saldivar. They had been friends for four or five years before Selena hit it big. Yolanda had become part of her inner circle. In 1994, Selena had decided to get into the fashion business and open two boutiques in Corpus Christi, and she picked Yolanda as her manager. And and by the accounts that we begin to hear in interview, Yolanda was really her right-hand person, assistant, close friend, uh, manager of these two stores. When the hostage negotiator gets there and starts talking to Yolanda, she says she's been involved in something that hurt her best friend. And she begins to speak of the shooting in a way he describes as abstract. You know, things got out of hand. The gun went off. She keeps asking how Selena is. Meanwhile, the hostage negotiator gets the word that Selena is dead. They don't tell Yolanda, right? That was the impression I got. That, they I, that was tell. my
1: definitely my yeah. impression, that they thought that would just push her over the edge, as long as she could maintain the fantasy that yeah. something bad had happened, but that we would be able to get through this. Um, that they, they thought maybe they could get her to give them the gun, but she was clearly already hysterical, and if she heard Selena was dead, she would probably... It, it, she would go over the falls. Yeah.
0: But after nine hours, she wants to get out of the truck. So she steps from it, and they swarm her immediately, and they arrest her. Um, The community there is struggling—this is a quote, this is not my line—with the fact that one of their own killed Selena. that's It just sends the community into a rage. Selena is such an icon to them. She's so important. The idea that another Latina woman took Selena's life— From
1: Corpus Christi, I assume. From
0: Corpus Christi, from the neighborhood where they all grew up. Yeah. Um, so the story of what happened at that motel is pieced together for us pretty rapidly from there. They say that Selena was getting ready to file her income taxes, that Yolanda had important financial documents that she needed. So Selena drove to her house from her house to the Days Inn. There's never really an explanation for why Yolanda was at the Days Inn. It sounds like she was staying there. I don't know if they simply agreed to meet in a room there as a central location, but they're... I went on Wikipedia and found, I cheated and found some more information that maybe we'll do next week when we do the movie, which goes into whatever. Okay. Um, but uh, Yolanda invited Selena to come into the motel room to get these documents, and that's where everything apparently went to hell. Um, my notes get a little wonky here. I think cuz the special was jumping back and forth between the history of Selena's career and what happened yeah, in that Yeah, maybe motel if you
1: put that in a different paragraph. Yeah, that. absolutely.
0: <laughs> um but it, it I the special's really diving into the building anger and rage towards Yolanda at this point.
1: And it's really not focusing on the crime. Like no. I that was the I I didn't dislike the special, but it was hard for me.
0: Yeah, no, and I I was thinking...
1: That was why I said they really were about the change and not about the crime. But I can totally see how this wound up in this paragraph because she went to get the things and something happened in the room. That's kind of the coverage of the crime.
0: Yeah, that's it. And
1: I'm like really, that's all you've got for me? Like, you don't have anything more than that for me?
0: Okay, and so maybe I will share some of my Wikipedia search at the end of this episode.
1: Okay, when well, we get I'll there. certainly have thoughts at the yeah. end of this episode when we get yeah, there. About... Yeah,
0: You always have thoughts. Um, <laughs> so, but this is this is when... Whenever
1: I'm conscious, yes, that's... <laughs> when it stops... No, I mean big thoughts. You can go ahead and unplug big the machine. Big
0: thoughts, big thoughts. Um, from here on out, you're right. The special focus is almost entirely on the pressure that comes to bear on the prosecutor, who is himself a Latino man, as as this becomes what is called the O.J. Simpson trial of the Latino community in America and beyond, because what's also revealed is that in the course of her career, Selena had done something that nobody thought she could do, which was she had won over uh, the Mexican music industry as well, because apparently and this was something I was completely ignorant about. And it's it's something that her father shared with a lot of people in interviews. Mexican-Americans are not regarded. There's tension between actual Mexicans and Mexican-Americans. There is a sense that that Mexican-Americans live in this sort of interspace, if you will, between the American world and the Mexican world. They don't really feel truly at home in either community, or at least that's how he phrased it. And so she, you know, had gone to Mexico and toured and attempted to aggressively promote herself, but there had been this tension hanging over it that she wouldn't really land there with them and she did which was considered kind of miraculous and by a kind lot of, of a first Yeah, it
1: was and uh, P.S. she was a woman doing it which yeah. was also um, not something that had happened a bunch before.
0: Yeah that this music scene was very male dominated and that's something that the movie we will talk about next week gets into and in, really does focus on um but this special dives right into the mechanics of this trial it says that judge westegren who was assigned the case in corpus christi couldn't get defense attorneys to represent yolanda because nobody wanted to go anywhere near this case
1: eric Yes, Christopher?
0: Are you sick of doing promos for my new books yet?
1: That depends. Are we at the
0: beach? Yes, we're at Sapphire Cove, the fictional Southern California resort featured in my new gay romance series coming in 2022. This is alarming. When did we go outside? You were transported by the powerful prose of C. Travis Rice. That's my new pen name devoted to steamy and emotional tales of romance between men.
1: Yeah, no, that's not it. I was about to eat a sandwich in the studio, and now I'm being harassed by seagulls. Brandon, get rid of the seagulls, please. Oh, that's much better. Now
0: I have to pee. First, pre-order your copy of Sapphire Sunset, the first installment in the Sapphire Cove series, which goes on sale March 1st, 2022, from Blue Box Press when a new member of the resort security department falls hard for the nephew of the wealthy family that owns the place, sparks fly, and sexy scandal ensues at
1: Sapphire Cove. Uh, Yeah, could you pre-order that for me? I'm going to run to the little podcaster's room. Brandon, come get this seagull!
0: I can't help it if my writing Uh, sets the scene. I I,
1: I know what I'm going to set if someone doesn't come get this seagull. Where'd you get that sandwich?
0: Sapphire Sunset, the first book in the Sapphire Cove series from C. Travis Rice. Now available for pre-order. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Have you been to my website lately? Why would I go to your website? You're sitting right here. Well, it's the place to find out all about my new books. ChristopherRiceBooks.com. This ad did not go as planned. This was an ad. So the special tells us that Judge Westergren, who hasn't been assigned the case, is having trouble getting a defense attorney to represent Yolanda. Are you okay? Did you I caught me? I caught you in mid-bite, you were chewing. Yeah, it's not a cracker. Yeah. I had a lot more to say. I was going to keep talking until you were done chewing. I saw. I saw. We Knock have yourself chemistry. out, babe. Um, I'm I, all in. He gets a defense attorney named Doug Tinker, who is apparently the premier defense attorney in the state of Texas, to take the case. So it doesn't sound like it was that hard. But, um... <laughs> He's, uh, you know, like, well, it is, it's like uh, defense attorneys pride themselves on these challenging go against the system cases, but they always try to say, oh, nobody wanted to touch the case. I'm like, like, who are all these little sort of, you know, defense attorneys who have qualms about taking controversial cases? They live in, in hot baths of controversy at all times. They thrive off of it. I think
1: the point that we're trying to make was how intensely the feelings in the community ran.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: they wanted, like, there were people being interviewed saying, we want her dead. They wanted her dead.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And they were afraid, lawyers were afraid that they would want them dead too.
0: Mm, I guess so. Um, So the judge rules for that reason, that she can't get a fair trial in Corpus Christi, so the case is transferred to Houston, which I guess makes sense. Although I can't imagine the climate or the community there feels any differently about Selena's killer in
1: Houston than they would in Corpus Christi. Honestly, I had the same reaction. Like, I think there would just be more people who wanted her dead <laughs> in Houston would and be th- the only difference. And that's what it looked like from the footage that they showed. It did didn't, not seem like crowd, a positive reception in Houston. The crowd did not get more copacetic in Houston. <laughs> no, they <laughs> like, were not happier in Houston than they were in Corpus Christi. Yeah,
0: so... Um, uh, we now see one of the voices that we have been hearing from in interviews for in the present, Maria Celeste Orarias, I, I believe was actually her name. It looks like maybe she got married. She's a Univision anchor, and she tells us in footage uh, that's shown from the time that Yolanda's trial was the OJ trial for Hispanics. That's the exact quote. Um, They started picking a jury a week after the O.J. verdict came in.
1: Right, and that's, I think, part of why people were so afraid, because he got off. Right, yeah. And they did not want this woman to get off. But the reverse was true here. The celebrity was the one dead, not the one doing the killing. Yolanda was no celebrity. But there was a weird sense
0: that because her defense attorney was a privileged white man, that he was going to be able to work the system to get Yolanda off. And... um, and and yeah, and and the prosecutor says people were telling him, "Don't take the case. This will ruin your career if you don't right. get it."
1: You know all this sort of stuff. So, um, and I think that had to do with his feelings of being second class citizens in Texas. You know of of not feeling that they were getting equal justice under the law as a group. Right. Her fan base also did not really trust the system to give them justice.
0: Absolutely. So now we get this sort of popping back and forth story. We're getting more about the history of Yolanda, Selena, and Selena's family. In January of that year, several people started warning Selena's father That they had sent money into the fan club, of which Yolanda was president, and they weren't getting anything back. They weren't getting pictures like they were promised. They weren't getting introductory materials. Decoder rings. Right? All those things that you want when you join a fan club, they weren't coming. So what was Yolanda doing with the money? Right. He starts looking into the books, and he finds that Yolanda has been embezzling thousands of dollars, and that by becoming manager of these boutiques that Selena had opened, she was in a position to handle even more of the but she was just writing
1: herself giant checks.
0: Exactly. So he sets up a meeting on March 9th, and they all confront Yolanda, and she's got no explanation. But right after this meeting, Yolanda goes out and buys a gun. Very suspicious. Yolanda has admitted to the cops... That she she shot Selena, but the defense's case rests on this testimony from a Texas ranger who claims he was present during the questioning, right? Stop me if I didn't get this part right. He says, the ranger testifies that Yolanda made a statement that the local police did not include in their report, which is that the gun went off accidentally. And the police are saying, that's not true. And we have eyewitnesses who said Yolanda chased Selena with that gun and called her a bitch Over and over again at the top of her lungs. Bitch. Bitch. And the prosecutor does the vocal impression of Yolanda screaming it. And this was seen by presumably the people who placed the call to 911 from the office of the day's they're
1: saying that because they didn't include that phrase, that her confession to doing it isn't admissible. Jesus Christ.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's the, I was like, I remember taking these notes, I'm like, Eric will have absorbed all of this. It just, it
1: didn't, it wasn't just that they didn't include it, but it was that it invalidated Mm -hmm. the rest of her, uh, her confession, because, because she never really disputed that she did it. Right, totally.
0: Um, Closing arguments happen on October 23rd, 1995. For all of the pressure on this trial, the special spends almost no time on the trial. We don't talk about witnesses, we don't talk, other than that, What we just told you, you know. no. Um, there was one charge for the jury to consider, either first-degree murder or not guilty. The jury's out for two and a half hours. and Which is a
1: bad sign. Is it a bad sign? Oh, my God. That's long enough to order lunch and then come back in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, okay, well, we had our sandwich. Burner, fryer, yeah, right. fryer, A
0: bad You mean a bad sign for Yolanda, oh, not yeah, for the prosecutor. Oh, yeah. yeah. No.
1: Like, if they've made up their mind that quickly, they knew when they went in that room.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's
1: fast.
0: They find Yolanda guilty, and she gets life in prison. But- According to the special, the community is left feeling like they don't have enough answers as to why Yolanda did this. Um, I'm, they, kind of,
1: I'm with the community.
0: They want Yolanda to tell her honest side of the story. So Yolanda agrees to give an interview to Univision. And it is deeply disappointing to the community because what Yolanda says is... Is that she has received an anonymous letter through the mail, which is... A... No, not
1: even through the mail. It was just magically delivered to her. Oh, she didn't. She just said not the mail? It no, didn't have a stamp it was or just, anything? she's not even sure how it was delivered to her, but she got this letter and... The letter
0: says, Selena is very upset with how Yolanda has been treated. And she also says Selena came to her in a dream to say the same thing. And that Yolanda, Yolanda claims Selena was suffering immensely... But she can't reveal why. Some she's so sorry. She can't tell you yeah, that's why Selena was suffering. And so basically, what the woman who conducted the interview, who we've been hearing from right along, says is the interview only revealed that Yolanda is completely fucking crazy. Absolutely out of her goddamn
1: mind. Absolutely like out and of her it goddamn. really was. It's worse than Christopher's describing it. Because yeah. it's like, oh my God. What a wackadoodle! Like Just it was, completely. She's yeah. all She's oh, you my mi madre. Oh, you're, yeah. I, I miss you. I wish you were still with me.
0: She like you
1: were the great. Like she didn't of my do life. it.
0: Like other people did it, or some force made her do it. She's completely. It's like the hostage negotiator or like says. It was a
1: favor that she did for Selena by killing her because oh life was so hard for Selena. Yeah. Being a huge breakout star who was really getting ready to be an international superstar. Yeah. That was really a tough break for her and. Oh my God, Selena, and she finished her. She saved her from having to do that by killing her. Uh, so yeah, it was a it was a crackers interview. Uh, just, just unbelievable, and she wore like a ringmaster's outfit.
0: And I should say, I I um I glossed over it. The, the, what they show a lot of is um, in the trial section of it is people on CNN just sort of savaging the performance of the prosecutor, and they don't really go into why they were taking
1: exception to his performance and given that he came out victorious. All through the trial, they just were like, oh my god, it was such a bad day for the prosecution, oh my god, I wouldn't want to be the prosecution in this case and oh my god. It was a great example of the media trying to generate their own narrative instead Mm -hmm. of just fucking reporting the news. Mm -hmm. I would really love it if we Mm -hmm. could get back to a period where the media actually returned to reporting the news and stopped interpreting it for me.
0: Right, I am so
1: sick of that. Yeah, And this is a perfect example in this Actually, quite a while ago. So I guess it's been the problem has been building for a while.
0: Yeah, it has been. I mean, but this is really part of the birth of this tr- this crime coverage. Yeah. We talked in our previous the, the
1: Simpson trial on I the actually, dinner party
0: show. We talked to Marsha Clark about this yeah. when we interviewed her. You said, "Do you support cameras in the courtroom?" and and what did she say? Remind me what she said.
1: She was actually more in favor. I was not. I don't yeah. think it ought to be made into. But but she said it kept the reporting more honest. That wow. people were. More likely, they people would know what really happened as opposed to having it interpreted for them. So she had kind of the reverse for exactly kind of the same reason.
0: No, I think I might have missed it. Did they not allow cameras in this courtroom? I don't think there were cameras and in the courtroom. I, think I did that, not have the impression of that. That might explain the venom of the commentators we kept seeing because they were free— To set the whole narrative and to say, yeah,
1: if they were included in the courtroom, the the footage was not available to the people who made the special, which which I can't hard to believe,
0: given how much footage
1: and how much time it's been. Like I just, I can't imagine that, you know, that would be Freedom of Information Act footage. I I just, I don't think that that seems unlikely. Totally. So I guess I'm guessing they wouldn't. I don't know that I've ever seen a trial from Texas televised. Oh, that's a good point. Again like, and I think that
0: would be party where the, the Party rule people was made. Party people if you are aware of a trial from Texas that has been televised, let us know about it But it may be a state thing. Uh, you know what, I'll tell you, we watched a documentary, we didn't cover it on, the, or maybe we did cover it on the show, and I'm forgetting the name of it, it was about the the guy who was accused of child molestation, the foot, high school football player, it was a horrifying documentary because we, we really walked away thinking that he had completely been wronged, and spoiler alert, he has since been completely cleared and exonerated yeah. by the Texas Supreme Court. Yeah. We saw a lot of trial footage in that documentary, but I don't know if it had been on
1: television. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Anyway. Um, was that? Yeah, that really was Texas. I can't even sort of remember. It was a series.
0: Outrage, I think it was yeah, called. It was on Showtime. Was just, I was just, I couldn't believe what I was since watching. Not since Amanda Knox. Like, yeah. I
1: just, it was one of those, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like You don't have any evidence. Stop nothing, it. Nothing,
0: nothing. Uh, the prosecutor assumed, we're back to Selena now, just sort of wrapping up the special, or wrapping up my notes at least,
1: And reminiscing about other injustices. Other
0: things that make our blood boil. The prosecutor assumed that after five years, everyone would forget the case. And he says he's wrong. He says that whenever there's even a hint that Yolanda might be paroled, there's a huge uproar on the internet. And that Selena's popularity actually rose after she was
1: gone. I'm guessing that in your... And maybe you can reveal this in your your, uh, sneaky Wikipedia Mm -hmm. research. But my impression was... That the English language album came out posthumously—that I actually didn't research. because there's the the hits that I know from her are English language songs. Yeah, I, yeah, and I don't know that they were before the. I don't. She wasn't an English language artist prior to prior to her death. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if maybe the the album came out after she had passed, and and that's why we know her. I and didn't hit, why her fame built
0: I didn't hit on that what I got in my Wikipedia research was some more details about the level of Yolanda's manipulation of Selena
1: and the family and well that I would be interested in hearing because that was the part that was really are we at end with- well the- yeah
0: the, the last note we got a, a coda or a little title card on the screen that said state Governor George Bush it would go on
1: to do horrible to start things a war <laughs> with president Iraq. declared april 16th create isis and really <laughs> generally fuck up the entire
0: world <laughs> so uh, state governor george bush declared april 16th selina day in texas uh, she sold over 65 million albums, and Yolanda is eligible for parole in 2025. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's a few years from now. Yeah, yeah. and
1: those people are never going to let her. She's safer. Yeah, she should stay in jail. She's, they will, they will get her their own verdict if she comes out. Yeah, yeah, I, it was, like my questions in all of this was, what was Selena doing at that motel room, and where the hell was everybody else?
0: Uh, This is the impression that I got from the little bit of research that I have done. Um, The extent to which Yolanda was manipulating Selena and giving her a sob story and saying, I have an explanation, was drawing Selena away from the family. That the family, the rest of the family was a united front. Yolanda is bad. We've been warning you about her for a while. And Selena was like, No, I trust her. They said Selena was too trusting. And that at this point in the days prior to the murder, it had gotten to the point where Yolanda was claiming that she had been raped. And she was asking Selena to meet her at health clinics. Like the Days in Motel was like stop number three on Yolanda trying to create something to avoid dealing with being exposed as this embezzler. And Selena had gone with her to the women's health clinic where they apparently did every test except the one that would have been the most conclusive. Yolanda had gone to Mexico and come back. It was like Selena was getting ready. What, what is suggested is that Selena finally said enough you know, give me these fucking forms, you know, whatever. Bring me and the that's, files when that's, it. that's when Yolanda pulled out the gun. And if she's shouting, bitch, bitch at her, I, it sounds to me like Sel- Selena finally said the things to Yolanda that the family
1: was saying or said in that meeting. And that makes sense to me, yeah. but none of that is revealed in this. Like, I needed for there to be a lot more facts about this case and yeah. about the trial of, of this case than were revealed. Like, And again, you know... I, I'm going to stick with where the hell was that family? If she had become convinced, why did why wasn't somebody with her? Mm-hmm.
0: Like I think I, they probably didn't know she was going to meet her. That was my suspicion, and that's a, because they would have said, "Do not go meet Yolanda alone in that I, hotel room." And she was saying, "No, I trust her. She's my friend." And because the one quote from a family is that Selena never assumed anyone had a bad motive. That she was entirely too trusting and she was entirely too sweet. So maybe that she maybe she wouldn't they wouldn't have let her go
1: Yeah, I it is a, it is again I a part of this the, this particular coverage that that I had a challenge with. I I certainly was interested in having a sense of who um, Selena was, but I did not get even a good sense of that mm-hmm. beyond her professional uh, standing, relationship to the family, like personal relationships in her own life mm-hmm. who else was involved like even if like surely there were other people in the fan club besides Yolanda why were none of them with her why was mm-hmm. Selena pursuing this why wouldn't somebody else go to get forms why would she even be involved in that i i felt like it was a real like it may have been her own doing and you know people make bad choices that get themselves get them killed all the time so It may have been the the undoing of her Mm -hmm. that she didn't involve anybody else. She may have been the reason that nobody else was there. But that was the biggest question for me, and I needed for somebody to explain that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like um, it has become impingent on – the The makers of uh, mysteries and thrillers and what to establish why you don't have cell phone service. Oh my
0: God, I'm going through it right now. You with can't. Something. Yes, you can't like,
1: not yeah. have cell phone service for no reason. Like you have to have the reason. You have to establish that in order to isolate the person from just being able to call the police. Why didn't you just call the police? You had a cell phone, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I needed here. I just needed some kind of explanation of. What she was? Those two questions. Why is Selena doing this at all? Mm-hmm. And why is she alone? Like I just. I, I I was shocked because I didn't
0: know much about the case. I knew who she was, and I knew she'd been murdered. And I had always assumed, based on what I knew. No, oh, the president of the fan club got fired and probably knocked on her door at her house, and Selena opened the right. door and she shot her. That but to hear been... that Selena was the one in the midst of this turmoil, going to try to fix this meeting, going to yeah. some
1: lousy motel out by the airport to mm-hmm. meet up with her and got... to
0: get tax forms, which at th- you're right at this point in when Selena's in career, why is it it? somebody why else is somebody not
1: it? going to get whatever? I mean, apparently she was receiving and. I would if you told me. Well, you know, actually Yolanda was her assistant, so the person she would have sent would have been Yolanda, and Yolanda mm-hmm. didn't wasn't working for her anymore. So yeah, you know, like I, I just needed somebody to say something, and mm-hmm. then when we got to the trial, and there was literally nothing other than that, and they didn't even really talk about how it was resol- resolved right. about whether or not they were going to accept Yolanda's confession, but it was never in dispute that she did the crime. So it was. Like, okay, well, this isn't much of a crime special. This is really, like I said, more about the change than the and crime. And
0: I'm going to say, this may be an aspect of this series that does and doesn't work for us. The crimes that change us, because the focus was on the community. Yeah. The focus was always on the community. And that's and fine. That was, and it was fascinating. Yeah, that, that was, was fine, I didn't mind that coverage, but, yeah. But if we're looking for a parsing of a more complicated case, it's sort of like, this is the news story that traumatized us as a young person is more the sort of approach of this of this special because you're right. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty well. I think my theory is correct, but, and I, I will say spoiler alert, the, the movie that we are going to discuss next week was commissioned by her father. He had creative well, control. Well, you over know, everything. that's
1: always the case with, particularly with musical biopics. And yeah. it, I think it colors them. I'm going into this with my eyes wide open because it colors the result that you get. I liked Ray. Mm -hmm. And I liked, I walked the line, but those were both authorized by the family because they want the rights to the music. Right. They have to involve the family. And as soon as you do that, you get a whitewash. Like, yeah. I don't believe Ray Charles just said, well, I'm just not going to do heroin anymore, and then that was just the end of it. You know, I think there was more to that story, and we didn't get to see it, because the family didn't want that to be the big memory of and, Ray Charles.
0: And we also get a real um, a, a real inaccurate vision of how addiction impacts a family, yes. which is, if one person just loves them enough, they'll stop using yeah. and drinking, and that's, that's, addiction is a way more complicated Also, not it.
1: And I think that's very much and the And that's case something we, the family wants to believe, and if Along, yeah. And if
0: they're greenlighting this and they're in control of it, that's what they make they you right. They want write.
1: people to believe it about yeah. them. They want yeah. that it was June Carter Cash that really just sort of, mm-hmm. you know, carried him through. And I, I love both of them. And I love that movie. But still, it was like, yeah, this does not include facts that I am totally buying.
0: Yeah. I, I think that. Um,
1: so we'll see how they handle we'll it with see. this.
0: But. Yeah, we'll but see. I
1: think it's a risk that you run and the risk is you'd see why, because nobody's going to see any of those biopics if the music isn't in them.
0: I know. And uh, you know what I, yeah, I don't want to, again, I'm just thinking about the movie. The thing I will be curious about is it, is it really her singing or is it Jennifer Lopez singing? Uh, we'll talk about that next week and find out whether or not. I don't yeah, know. Cause Jennifer Lopez can really sing and she's playing the part. Um, but it kind of
1: is the, because Jennifer Lopez was actually a dancer. Like yeah. didn't, didn't it kind of set her up? Did this was the, oh yeah. This, this is was, the movie yeah. that made her, and that kind made of a, made her, a movie star. Like yeah. before this, she was fine, but she was you know she was a fly girl on she, In Living Color. Absolutely, yeah, she, she was, was a great. dancer, and totally. she was great, and she still is. But right. um, but that's so it d- isn't like she came to national attention because she was a great singer or a great no. actress. But I think
0: so. We'll find out.
1: So we'll see how this goes. But yep. I, I don't. I don't have any idea.
0: So, uh, you know, I think that um, there are, it's also, I think, a function of how young Selena was when she died. Like the family was all alive to sort of tell the story that they really wanted to be told that they thought was true. And, you know, like it it was like we didn't go, I don't think we even went into the fact that Selena got married in this special, The Crimes That Changed Us. They didn't talk about her husband at all. They didn't talk
1: about her life at all all and my takeaway was that the family didn't participate yeah because there was nothing i mean there was like the only footage of her even as a performer was like news footage at a distance there wasn't her singing there wasn't like none of the selena stuff was in this yeah
0: totally and
1: the family certainly wasn't in it and there was no real background but it's a good point about considering her age she was real she was 24 when she was
0: it that I thought she was even 22. maybe
1: so yeah. she was very young when she was murdered and so you know okay so maybe some of those bad decisions that we make when mm-hmm. we're younger were in at play yeah um and because you have less experience yeah totally. and if you've been a Like, if if like her, you'd been singing all your life, you'd have even less experience of the world.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking about more of my Wikipedia research, but I want to save it for the next episode. Oh, you're
1: so... You're wily. You're a wascally... I know. I know. Wascally podcast host. I, I,
0: I cheated. I cheated. But sometimes when it's like this and you feel like there's so much missing... You kind of can't resist. You're like, okay, what? Well, don't you do that? Like movies, like we're going to talk about next week. You go immediately and Google what's the fact versus the fiction. You watch anything that like is based on real life. You I do it with difference. stuff that
1: we're not covering.
0: Yeah, totally. Like
1: I will say, well, did he really do this? Who is this character? Is this a real thing? Is this is this really happened? Like right. And so yeah, I can I can totally see that. I you know with this I just thought. As I was watching it, well, maybe more of this will get filled in when I watch the movie next. You know what I mean? Like, I think I would have been more inclined to go sneak around and do sneaky um, Wikipedia research Mm -hmm. if I hadn't known that I was going to watch the movie next.
0: Yeah, right. Totally. Totally. Okay. Um, but yeah. I will not talk about my Wikipedia research anymore until next week. Well, I did talk about some of it as it relates to Yolanda. Just a little bit.
1: But yeah, yeah. I didn't even know who Yolanda was. Like mm-hmm. there was nothing about any of the players in this crime yeah. in this show. Like it it's a really fascinating picture of where she was as an icon in that community, and the the reason for that significance, and the reason this crime hit that community so hard, right? But that's it. That, and there
0: was... one one of the interview subjects is a is identified as a fan of hers, yes. a male fan, um, and he gives a lot of the context and voiceover to what the how the community loved her and what she represented, yeah. and. Um, That sort of liminal space, I don't know if that's the right way to say, but between being a Mexican and being an American that 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 community inhabits and struggles with, um, which was was new to me. I would have thought the cultural through line between Mexico and Mexican-Americans was sort of uninterrupted. You know, I didn't. But um, what I don't know is what I don't know. Well,
1: and I have to say the impression of America from the viewpoint of other countries is startling.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Like I always use the example of that um MI five television show. Tell from, us more from about England. that, yeah. Well like I went to live in England for a while and it was really like it was eye opening. Yeah. I because I just assumed it would be like America with English accents and <laughs> it was not. Yes. Like I realized what a bunch of spoiled pigs, we really are. Like, wow, this is really a difference. Like, yeah. even here, like, there were things, the cultural things that were just, like, my favorite example was always the train at Knightsbridge at Harrods. The station broke because the um, the escalator wasn't working, and so the train just stopped stopping there mm-hmm. because the escalator wasn't working. And, you know, like, the, the train at Bloomingdale's on the E-train in New York Okay, that might have happened. The escalator broke and they closed the station for one day, and you had to walk back from the next station. But the second day <laughs> in New York, there would have been riots. <laughs> in London, it went on for a week. Oh my God! I mean, I just couldn't believe it. It was like, really? You can't wow. just like, mm-mm, no. The Americans just the stuff that we will anyway. So, mm. context. That was right. sort of my. There's a there's a series called MI5. I can't remember who's it. Anyway, I'm not going to... Matthew McFadden's Matthew McFadden, I was going to guess him, and then I was like, is that really true? Also, I think the guy who played um, uh, the lead in Equus is in it. He's now an old man, but like Mm -hmm. the the Richard Burton Equus. Firth, Peter Firth, Mm -hmm. I think is his name. I think he's in it. Anyway, so it's like any crime show, except it's set in England, and it's the... MI5 is the sort of English version of the FBI. right. Um, So it's about domestic investigation and domestic crimes. And whereas all of our stuff is about terrorist groups trying to blow up stuff and all the other all of their really terrifying stuff was about us. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, dear. Uh,
0: (laughs) We're the bad guys. Are we really
1: this terrible? (laughs) Like other countries' impression of us. So it may have more to do with American than Mexican-American. Like if you're part of that, then you're part of that. Right. I have to say recent experience recent um Mexican American relations have yeah. been a little strained totally uh, given um some of the American attitudes mhm Uh, You know, I... Wall construction and payment and such like.
0: I will say it's never really possible for us to grasp the extent to which our second invasion of Iraq terrified the world. I mean, so many people just all over the planet said, wow, they are willing to do whatever the fuck they want with their military.
1: I was really that... I had a really... Yeah, you remember, yeah. I had a very negative reaction to that choice. Yeah. They have not attacked us, we have nothing happening. There Why nothing. are we invading this country? The yeah. first one, they had invaded Kuwait, I totally understood. Mm-hmm. We showed up, we did whatever, but we had we done the um the Malvinas and yeah. Grenada and uh mm-hmm. then there was and then the second invasion of Iraq was like unbelievable. Oh, God and and then it was not brief and it was no. catastrophic and it was completely unjustified. And I yeah. just have to say, and we're still dealing with the fallout and the consequences of that horrible, horrible decision. Horrible. And so, um, yeah, I, I I, just, yeah, I, I think that that can't have helped. But no. our military is so much bigger than anybody else. It's like, I think if you combine the next 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> militaries, they're still not as big as ours. Wow. Like it's, It is the largest employer in the country. It is the most gigantic entity. And, you know, like there is no comparison. Like it is – it's not even close. And that's got to be um, part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. the intimidation. But you're right. I think it is the willingness to employ it at our own discretion and for whatever we want. Mm -hmm. You know, which in Iraq's case, the only thing I can guess is they wanted the oil. I, I really honestly still don't know why we invaded Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that. Mm-hmm. It was just such a bad decision. Terrible decision. All over the... All, yeah, anyway.
0: Anyway, I don't know how we got off on that, but I, Americans
1: yeah. are terrifying. Well, we were People talking are scared about, of us. We were talking about the challenge for the relations between Mexicans and Mexican-Americans, and I think it may be the second half of the hyphen. Right. The American the challenge. It's just the first part. It's yeah. not that they're they're they were for, they're of Mexican ancestry. Mm-hmm. It's that they're Americans. Yeah. Yeah. That to me would be the more. If I was in, on that side of that yeah. border, it would be like, yeah, that's a tough group. There, yeah. there's a lot of good things about them, but boy, they when they are not happy about something. When it's Americans gonna... don't think something's fair, everybody run. Absolutely, it's not going to go well. That's uh, yeah. That's oh, a, yeah. I think that uh, I think that, that 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 may well have um, have set in it. So, what would you have done to make this more responsive to you? what we would have been looking for in a crime coverage like it's still I, an interesting special I but- had
0: my own um, des- I had my own highly personal curiosity which is and this is biased everybody drink. I'm going to make this about me but I was raised by a celebrity Ann Rice is my mother if you don't know that um
1: <laughs> also where have you been
0: Yeah right where have you been but the the somebody has said I think it's a, I think it's inspired largely by this story but also by other stories that celebrities are most likely to be hurt by the president of their fan club. What is that dynamic about? How does that happen? I am fascinated with that Yolanda's obsession as it intersected with her evident mental illness. What was she providing Selena that Selena needed emotionally? How did she manipulate Selena in that way? What was it? I, you know, there's a, this can make for a controversial discussion, and this is going to come up around the movie, which is how much of the killer's story should be a part of the story of the crime. Because it's some you don't want to erase the victims, right? But at the same time, all of us who talk about these stories have a desire to know what makes evil tick. And how evil actions are born. And we don't want to dismiss them with a pat, glib, psychological explanation. He didn't get enough love in his childhood. Yeah. Fill in the blank. All that sort of stuff. But we want to know where it comes from. We want to know. And I um, didn't get any of that from this special. It wasn't what they promised. So it's not like I can fault them for that. But that's where my curiosity Really lies. But that shifts the focus really pretty far away from Selena and onto Yolanda in a way that I think a lot of people who want to talk about the impact of the crime on the community are not going to be comfortable with. And and believe me, I don't want to let Yolanda off the hook. I'm not I'm not about no, exonerating her or paroling no, her even. But There's
1: no doubt that it was Yolanda. Yeah, that no. was the sort of the, the thing for me that I think would have that I think they would have found and it may be the reason that there's nothing here present is that to me, it seems like not that they were the cause of her death, but the problem was on the family side of it. It's a family business Mm -hmm. and I think they depended too much on Selena to do too much of it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that she, that that appealed to her about Yolanda was that Yolanda would do stuff for her right. she would take things off of her plate that she didn't have to to deal with right and who she didn't really have somebody else to hand it to mm-hmm. the fact that she was going to pick up tax forms yeah, is that's just
0: just I don't understand that's that part I of just
1: the story. like unless Yolanda is the person she would have sent to pick up the tax forms and there wasn't another, You know, there wasn't a second in command to Yolanda to go pick up the tax forms. I can't think of any other reason that she would have been going to do it. I know. Like, it's just not a a task that I would think Selena would need to do. You could send a messenger. Put them in the mail. Whatever. That's
0: why it's almost like I think it's less like it was it wasn't about forms, or that's maybe what she told people, but maybe Yolanda said, I'm finally gonna tell you what really happened. Just come and sit with me and talk to me. And then she did and it went the way that it went. Or she didn't and it went the way that it went. That it was the final confrontation. It was Selena was finally expecting the truth to be told. Maybe. But that's speculation. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think there's just a lot that's weird about it. And it's it's such a horrible story, and she was so young and she Anytime somebody dies like that right on the threshold of achieving their dreams, it's just shattering. I think particularly for us because we're ambitious, creative people and we know how much that hunger.
1: But the other thing that it does is that it they never get the chance to fuck up. So they become these sort of Christ-like figures yeah, to their so fans. Really. They, they've died before they've been human, before they've, their clay yeah. feet have been revealed to the yeah. world in some, you know, human moment. That, yeah we are all subject to all the time. And I think that can also heighten mm-hmm. um, people's response and commitment to mm-hmm. uh, the celebrity. Like James Dean seems to have been a nice guy and I liked, um, I liked a giant. I'm not a big fan of rebel without a cause. I don't really get it, but mm-hmm. um seems all right. Um, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, was he a great actor? I, I don't know that we ever got the chance to find out, but people still carry on. Mm-hmm. Like James Dean, you know, hung the moon. I think it's because he was dead so soon. I think it's because he was so hot. And he was very hot. <laughs> and I think that was part of it with yeah. Selena. I think yeah, she's the great. reason they call her the um, the the Mexican Madonna or whatever yeah. it was, the Mexican-American Madonna, uh, was because she was performing in Bustiers.
0: She could also sing the roof off the house. I'm telling you. I them. mean, yeah. So we'll get to that next week. But, um,
1: yeah... So, All right. next, week so is next week more Selena, just in case you haven't had enough Selena. More
0: Selena, but we're going to be talking at a true crime movie time about the movie made in 1995 that made Jennifer Lopez's career that is called
1: Selena, if you didn't catch that the first 600 times. <laughs> but we'll times. get to talk about Jennifer as well.
0: Absolutely. Right. She's just Jenny from the block. So. Right. Uh, until then and forever after, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And
1: Eric. Thanks.
0: This is TDPS.